Hey everybody, this is going to be kind of a, I don't know, not a normal, normal podcast, but I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I know some of you were probably following the trial of James Brashear in the murder trial. Oh, I got to, hold on, let me, uh, that's what happens whenever I have it playing in the background. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, in that quote-unquote murder trial, <clears throat> I guess technically it's not murder anymore. So that was a, a rough week last week. The trial started on uh, Tuesday. And uh, even the first day was kind of rough. I mean, a lot of us had to probably work, so couldn't watch everything. So I watch some of the replay and then try to catch what I could. If you guys aren't familiar with that, um, my buddy Eric Carroll over at Dad Talk Today has been covering this and did a documentary and has been basically ensuring that this case just didn't get lost in the weeds. Fortunately, Last week, he was able to get, um, or not last, well, he got approval through the courts to video stream, live broadcast the uh, the case, the trial, sorry. So he had cameras in the court running basically the entire time from when they started in the morning until they ended in the, in the evening. And... Uh, and then would provide updates and do some Q&As at the end. Anyway, so if you're not familiar, that's what I was trying to get at. I'm sorry. And if you're not familiar with the case, I've done some live streams with Eric about, about this and some podcasts. And, and like I said, he did uh, documentaries and stuff. Let me, let me see if I can pull up. Dad, talk today. <clears throat> Excuse me. I guess I should have pulled that up earlier. But uh, this is uh, this is Eric's channel. And if you wanted to watch the trial, you can go to the live stream tab, and you will see that he streamed all the all the days of the trial. And like I said, he had Q and A's. He also has done a documentary on this case. He has provided a lot of awareness. And for, and I'll just say for the folks that are here, you know, how many people watched, are familiar with this case, and how many people um, watched the, any part of his coverage of it? I'm curious. This is this is a tough one. I mean, it was tough when it happened. Um, I haven't read this article, but let me go ahead and just pull it up. Let's see if I can make it a little bit bigger. And I've been kind of torn on this whole thing. I mean, I honestly, when Friday when the when the results came down. James Bashir found guilty of voluntary manslaughter.
and the parking lot killing of John Mast. So the man accused of killing his ex-son-in-law in Lewiston parking lot in a Lewiston parking lot has been convicted of voluntary manslaughter. He had been charged with first degree murder in the case. So that was the thing. It was first degree murder, premeditated murder. And then the jury was instructed that if you couldn't convict on that, then you deliberate on and vote on second degree murder. And if you don't, aren't unanimous on that, and then you drop down to voluntary manslaughter. They're, and I'm not sure if they found him innocent on that, if he would have just been completely acquitted, or if there was another, <clears throat> excuse me, another uh, option. Anyways, so he had been charged with first-degree murder in the case, but the jury found him guilty on the lesser charge. The jury in the case deliberate, deliberated from just before 1 p.m., on Thursday, until they were dismissed around 5 p.m. They returned 9 a.m. Friday and deliberated until about 12.40 p.m. The verdict was read in court around 1.25 on Friday. Brashear will be sentenced at 9 a.m. on November 17th. Voluntary manslaughter is punishable in Idaho by a fine of not more than 15000 or by a prison sentence of up to 15 years or both. So the max that he will get is 15 years. To be perfectly honest, I would be surprised if the judge gives him the max, but we shall see in November. I'm sure Eric will cover that. Excuse me. Let me try to. The trial of Winchester resident James R. Brashear began Tuesday. He was charged with first-degree murder of his ex-son-in-law in the Lewiston Rousers parking lot on February 6, 2021. Brashear was 67 years old when the shooting occurred. Man, this is hard. This is this is even just hard to to read. I I I got I uh maybe it's fortunate, but I was at work on Friday. I was in a a training slash briefing when the verdict was read, so I didn't even know. I you know I I was completely offline. I got a text from Eric saying you know that he was heartbroken, and and I'm like what the hell happened, you know? And then he, he obviously fell offline just cause he was, I mean, just devastated. And then it wasn't until a little bit later, whenever I got more details on what was going on. And it was, you know, and then I had to just kind of put it out of my head because like I said, I was at work and, and I had to, I had to perform, <clears throat> excuse me. You guys want me to read more of that? Let me know and I will. But I, I had a few a few points or a few things that I wanted to uh to talk about on this. Let me see who all we have here right now. Let's see Pepe. Pepe Pepe D nuts. Good to see you in the comments, man. And it's good to see familiar faces. Tiffany. 
I'll do. I'll go ahead and hit. Uh, oh, cool. Oh, I did try to send the text notification. Um, Sunny Day says got the YouTube notification. I don't know if I didn't get the text notification, so I don't know if that worked. Uh, John said only on YouTube only. So obviously something's wrong with my texting thing. Tiffany says hello. Hey, Tiffany. Good to see you on. Caleb, buddy, I need to talk. I want to catch up with you. It's been a while. It says I watched when I could. I certainly promoted it. I did as well. I tried to uh, tried to share it out. Not tried. I did share it out. Um, you know, I would have shared out the uh, if I would have got the notification for the verdict. Oh, Sunny Day says not me. I don't know anything about it about about the John Mass thing. Yeah, it's it's so. Here's the thing that happened two years ago. You know, if we go back to the article. Um, okay. Hit the right button here. When was it? It was. Uh, I'm trying to remember when it was in 21. I know I read it. My brain's kind of uh, not. Uh, at least I thought I read it. Yada yada yada. I know I've read that. What was it? February. February 5th. February 6th. Oh, it's the one that's highlighted. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I guess I'm not really in the in the best frame of mind, but I, I just felt that I needed to come on and... Oh, I see Huna Kakuna Matata. Whoops, I grabbed the wrong one. You said uh, February 5th, 2001. The article says February 6th in, uh, in, uh, in Idaho. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyways, what had happened is, uh, I guess to summarize what happened, you know, John had been dealt with false accusations. He ultimately was able to vindicate himself. And, uh, you know, over, I think a two or three year period, finally the court said, okay, this is BS. You're not, you know, you didn't, you didn't mess with your kids and you didn't physically abuse your your ex and her allegations were proven, proven, uh, unfounded. And he was given unsupervised access to his kids. And on the day that he went on February 6th, according to the news article, he showed up at 6 PM at the designated time to pick up his children for the first time in, I think, approximately six months that, that he'd, since he'd seen them, if I remember correctly. And he was basically ambushed by his father-in-law and shot. And the... And if you watched any of the trial... And you heard the testimony. It's it sounded like premeditated murder, murder one. They had officers testify what was said to them. They had video of the defendant, James Brashear, basically stating that he intended to murder him, but he, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But apparently, 
apparently the jury saw it differently. And uh, let me uh, just see what other people are saying so I can just. <sighs> Pepe says the criminal justice system is a joke, just like family courts. Up your food game says, hey, DSD, hope you're doing well. I'm, I'm doing, I'm okay. I mean, I just, this is, this is a sucker punch. And, and I have some notes that I'll hit on that in a minute, but. Pepe says, what, uh, oh. You know what? Well, let me, I'm going to read a question. I'm going to make a couple of comments. It says Pepe says, what was his motives exactly? I haven't really followed the case. I would say, I just kind of as a disclaimer, uh, I would, especially since this is over, I mean, if you haven't watched this case, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend going back and watching it because it's, it's really hard to watch. In the opening statements, of the defense when they're basically trying to, to play it out. So what was his motives? Okay. Now, are you asking what was, what do I think his motives were? Or do you, are you asking what did they say his motives were? The story that the defense attempted to portray and through testimony, James Brashear actually took the stand as did the uh, ex-wife and the ex-mother-in-law. The way they tried to frame it is that they never in a million years thought that the courts would ever let John have unsupervised access to his kids. So the story they tried to portray is that when they found out at the last moment on the last day, on the Friday, you know, mid, you know, before lunch, while they were having a nice little breakfast or nice little brunch, they got the call that said, hey, you have to have the kids because John's going to pick them up at six. Courts ruled you have to show up. Now, my understanding, this wasn't put at the, this was not discussed in the case. As far as I know, I did miss some of it. But that was known. That ruling had been in there. I think what was going on is they assumed the, the, the defendant and his family assumed that the courts would back their play up like they always have. And uh, so they rushed over to CPS, Child Protective Services, to try to get help. And unfortunately, in their mind or in their situation, they, uh, they did not receive the help. However, the CPS social worker did provide them documentations to run over to the court. So they ran over to the courthouse and filed an emergency restraining order, which was, I wasn't quite sure whether it was denied or whether it was not even looked at. Because it was basically, they tried to say they rushed over there. They tried to file this emergency restraining order. They did not get relief or a stay or anything. And effectively, the... The courts said, you know, you're, are the, the law or whatever, however you want to say it, rulings, 
<clears throat> said that you had to, uh, or they had to deliver the kids for an unsupervised visit for the weekend. So for Friday until Sunday evening. Anyways, so they didn't get that. And then what apparently, or what happened, I guess this isn't disputed, is, is that uh, James swapped out vehicles with his daughter to do some work on it. And uh, on the way home, decided, you know what? I'm not going to go home. I'm going to go and meet up with my ex-son-in-law, have a discussion with him, try to get him to do the right thing for the kids, meaning don't see them. And uh, the way he proceeded to, now this was his testimony too, the way he proceeded to accomplish that is he parked the car, the, the, the vehicle at the corner facing out. When he saw John show up and start moving car seats and stuff around, got out of his car with a hidden Glock 9mm pistol, walked over to John, testified that he wasn't necessarily sure that it was him. So he said, hey, John. And when John turned to look at his ex-father-in-law, he pulled out from behind his back his 9mm pistol and shot him in the chest. And then as Mr. Mast was attempting to flee and run away, proceeded to shoot him a few more times. This video is definitely going to get demonetized and probably slammed by YouTube, but whatever. For the people watching on YouTube, if you're listening to it on Spotify, then it will not do any of that. So, okay, so that was his story. I think most of us think they figured they lost in the court and he was executed. It was like, okay, you're not going to get the kids. And the only way to fix this, because Mr. Bashir testified in court that he is a fixer, the only way to fix this was to gun John down in the parking lot of that grocery store. Let me know if you guys think I summarized that effectively. I'm not entirely, you know, maybe I missed something. Kuna Matata said it was heart-wrenching hearing the verdict live as they say it was a sucker punch. Honestly, Hakuna Matata, uh, I am actually kind of grateful that I was unable to watch that when it was live. I really wanted to. Um, and if I wouldn't have been in, in that <clears throat> excuse me, briefing thing I was in at work, I probably would have had it playing in the background. Tim says, I saw the entire trial. There is some goofy stuff happening, but I was shocked. Now, what I will say in response to what Tim said, there were times where, especially when the that I was able to watch when the prosecution was cross-examining, especially the defendant and the family, that they were, I thought it was softball. I was like, what are they doing? You know, I personally, you know, when, when they came out and it was like, because I remember asking, because I missed the first part of the, of the start of the trial. So I wasn't sure what the charging document was. And I remember asking in the live stream, I'm like, is it just murder one? You know, I mean, if, if they don't, 
convince the jury of murder one, does this guy walk? I didn't know that it was a gradual, um, you know, if this, then, or, you know, if no, then do this. And if no, you know, then it was a gradual thing. So I was, I was like nervous because the, the prosecute or the defense, sorry, was from the, from the onset was trying to make it sound like it wasn't premeditated in the heat of the moment, in the, in the stress and the devastation of, of this, this bad person having unrestricted access to the, these kids that, oh my God, what was going to happen? So even with that, I was like, I was thinking, man, I'm, you know, they're throwing some doubt in, you know, I mean, I, I could see some people saying, okay, well maybe, and I hadn't even seen some of the, the other testimony where basically he said, James Brashear said, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I gunned him down. I was surprised he didn't drop like a bad habit. If I remember correctly, that was the, that was the quote or the words he used. And, uh, you know, and I was like, okay, well, maybe they won't agree on premeditated. But, I mean, murder two is, I mean, given how in the hell would they not do that? So, effectively, well, let me look at some more of the comments. Ugh. I read that one. Up your food game says DST. The last hope for justice is for the mass family to make the victim impact statements on the children's behalf. Well, that and the fact that I think that there's still a wrongful death death suit that is um, that will be happening next year. And I imagine. I mean, I don't know how they are going to make. I mean, as far as I know, the family, the Mass family, has not had any access to the children since this has occurred, or even before, but, you know, obviously since. So unless somehow, I mean, I don't even know if they would allow that. I mean, they're going to make victim impact statements on on their impact. Stanley, hello, everyone. Hello to you. Oh, man. Oh, cool. You said you got notified. Oh, that's to someone else. I'm I'm sorry. Tiffany's a longtime member. And so actually, let me pull this up. Tiffany has celebrates 34 months of membership. Hit that like button. Thank you so much for that, Tiffany. I appreciate that. Ah. Ah. Okay, let's see. I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, Shane says, so now the court gets a double dip evil system. Uh, Up Your Food Game says, the jury bought the gaslighting. Apparently they did. Apparently they were able to probably plant this. And, and so this was the other thing that I wanted to, uh, let me pull, let me try to look at my notes here. I'll just show you my notes. Um, so I say the prosecution, and I kind of mentioned this, you know, the prosecution missed opportunities. There were, there were things that they, that I think all of us, all of us thought 
they could ask or pursue and they didn't. And I mean, I, at one point I'm like, well, okay, maybe, you know, maybe they are, maybe they have a, maybe they have a plan and they feel that, that it's slam dunk enough that there's no reason to garner any sympathy. Now, that was the other thing I wanted to mention is I think, I think they also, the defense was also able to make, uh, to humanize James Brashear and uh, give sympathy for them. And then they were able to drop hints about Child Protective Services. They brought the Child Protective Service person on. So the jury was like, hmm, I'm sure they were thinking. See, this is this is the problem. Not the, the dilemma. This is the dilemma. The dilemma is most of us understand that people lie. Most of us understand the false allegations because we've lived it to varying degrees. Some of us in the scenario as bad as John has dealt with, and then probably most of us through lesser degree, but I think every one of us who's, who's been through this has had lies and false allegations and a smear campaign basically portrayed on us that a lot of people bought. So my point is, is that, you know, for us, or I'll say me, for me, when I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, you know, the, it's BS. He, he, John went through multi, you know, three years, I think of varying court cases to ultimately get, you know, get all those allegations washed away. And the courts finally said, okay, this, we're done. This isn't happening anymore. You're getting your kids back. We don't buy this crap. Let's move on. And so, but we're all biased. I'm biased. I'm biased. And I, and I have a tendency to believe that. Right. So, but I, but I, but I do remember a time before my personal experience where I could see me saying, oh, well, if CPS was involved, then obviously, you know, there must have been something going on and, you know, nobody's going to, you know, lie about something this severe. Nobody is going to, you know, why would, why would a, would a person make up stories? <laughs> you know, as I'm saying this, it's like, how f fucking naive was I before this? And I mean, obviously I was incredibly naive. So, I mean, that's the dilemma I have is I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, what, what would I have done if I was the jury on this case and I had, did not have this personal experience, you know, and I heard that this, you know, war veteran, Vietnam, you know, found, you know, went and secured down aircraft to secure critical classified yada, 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 you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's goes to my next comment I was going to make is it was, it was sickening. That's what I've written down. Sickening seeing the defendant, the ex-wife and the ex-mother-in-law on the stand. I'm actually glad that on the second day when they brought them back that I didn't get to see that because obviously it had an effect on the jury. 
Up your food game says, I think the prosecution didn't want to disparage the family court. Uh, they're part of the same justice system and didn't want John Mass to be a martyr. Potentially. I, yeah, I mean, because they, they did not, they did not go hard on anybody. Voluntary manslaughter. It's just, wow. Uh, Hakuna Matata says the evil was clear first, the evidence, evidence, sorry, the evidence was clear first degree all the way. The jury gave manslaughter massive shock. The devil that killed John said to the police he was there to kill and drop John like a bad habit. See, that's what doesn't make sense, right? I mean, because they had they had the defendant on video talking to police and admitted that, said that. Said he was there to, I mean, admit, now, now the way, the, I guess the way the defense was able to spin it is that the defendant was so distraught and out of his mind with grief and stress, crying all day, that he, uh, he didn't even know what he was saying. When he was making statements to, to law enforcement, it didn't mean anything because he was outside of his mind and just operating instinctively <sighs> up your food game says DST I researched the case deeply and watched pretty much every minute the order for John's contact with the kids was known by the mom for about two months in advance yeah they and, and what he's trying to say what up your food game is 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 alluding to is their whole case was based on the fact that they did not they did not know that John was going to have access to his kids until, you know, 11 something on Friday, the day of, and were massively shocked. Now, you know, maybe in their mind, they, they were massively shocked because they figured that their appeals and their other protective order stuff that, that I, I'm under the impression that they were doing um, they figured it would stick and would get would not get shot down. So the um, they probably thought that this wasn't going to happen. Tim says you got most of it. Thanks, Tim. Hakuna Matata says the positive point is the fixer was found guilty. That is true. That is true. That's a good point. He wasn't acquitted. They did convict him of mans voluntary manslaughter. And he will serve some time potentially with that. Uh, it was hard to watch, by the way. Uh, very emotional and shows the system is truly broken. Tim says, I think the parties agreed to not talk about John, but the defense did. And I think that is a mess. Yeah, I was wondering later. It's like, man, maybe whenever, because there was one point during it that I did happen to see this where when when James Brashear was on the stand and he made a comment or he was talking about what the kids had said to him because they were trying to make it sound like the kids were like begging him to protect them from his father. And then uh, he looked at the judge and said something along the lines of, you know, what can I defend myself here? And uh, the judge shut everything down 
stopped, sent the jury out. And then when they came back, they advised the jury that, you know, you know, strike from your memory everything that you heard when he said this, you know, do not count that towards anything. But it's already there. Apparently they did. Right. And and oh, God. Up Your Food Game says, the jury did not follow the law. The instructions on premeditation was not followed. Premeditation, which always is first degree, can be formulated in one minute or less. Uh, he said he was planning for years. Tim says, should it be a mistrial and retrial? Yeah, I was, what I was going to say is, you know, in retro <clears throat> retrospect, Probably the prosecution should have asked for a mistrial because the jury was tainted. And I don't think they did. I think the only people who tried to, to ask for the trial to be thrown out and they also tried to do a mistrial was um, the defense. If, if I'm incorrect in that, please, please correct me on that. Uh, up your food game t to Tim says, prosecution can't appeal or can they? Um... That's a good question. I'm not, you know, they, I don't know. Maybe they can. I'm not entirely sure. Up Your Food Game says, uh, who here saw their exes testify in the, in the same way as the mom? Eating grin while lying through their teeth. The jury represent, represents everyone in our lives who believed the narc. Yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough to watch that. It was tough to see. I, I, I did get to watch the part where the defendant was on the stand. And uh, the ex-wife. And that was, that was hard to watch. That was hard to watch. Tim says, not sure what can be done going forward with the case. I don't think there's much that can be done on this case. I think he got his day in court. He was found guilty. And, uh, you know, so he'll be, a, uh, as far as I know, that's a convicted felon. So, which means no more guns for him. No more voting for him. Sunny Day says, wondering how deep in the woods they went to get the jury sad. I think it's a small area. If I remember correctly, I heard Eric say, God, what, what was it? 30 in, in Lewiston, Idaho, uh, was it 60,000, 30,000 people? So it's not a huge area. And maybe that played part of it. Maybe, you know, maybe everyone kind of knows everybody. I don't know. Tim says, my ex lied 320 times across 17 hearings in my case. She is far more polished than the bio mom in this case, but lies are lies. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I even in my situation, I mean, it's like the, the selective interpretation of past events is just amazing. AI Tums, I finally finally saw your uh, comment. Thanks for jumping in. 
Tim's taken off. Thanks for jumping in, Tim. Glad you hung out with us for a little bit. Tim, he said, before he left was, I think once the jury decides that is the max that can happen to him. But at this guy's age, 15 years, probably his life. But keep in mind, he'll get credit more than likely for the two years he's been sitting in jail. And the judge can not give him the max sentence. It could be 10 years. You know dang good and well, the defense is going to try to make the case that uh, a 15-year sentence would be like life in prison at this, this you know, feeble old man's age. So, you know, a more appropriate sentence would be less. Uh, honestly, guys, I'm concerned that they drop it down, give him credit, and then maybe just put him on probation. I hope that he spends a little bit more time in prison. I mean, he's only been only been in jail. Jail and prison are two different things. Tim also says the population of that town is 35,000, so it's not a big place. Kuna Matata said, I was shocked by the demeanor of the counselor and I think you're talking about the child protective service person, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that gave some evidence. And that one, what he's talking about is they brought, I think, they brought the CPS person on the stand to testify that they, you know, she was familiar with the case, had been working with the family and knew Mr. Mast and uh, was working with the family, with the, with the defendant and the mother to provide information that would hopefully help them get an emergency restraining order. <clears throat> so, I mean, that probably, that probably did not help because, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, if the see, the problem is we don't believe it, right? We know that there's corrupt people in the system. You know, we know that there's people who are flying monkeys and believe this for various various reasons. And I mean, that probably was pretty powerful. It was probably powerful for the jury to hear that, you know, this CPS worker was still actively involved in this case, that they were also shocked and dismayed that unsupervised visitation was being granted and uh, was giving the mom and the father-in-law information to rush over to court and hand right out, uh, write something out. Up your food game says, Dwayne, we're making a mistake thinking that one case could bring light to the family court issue and miraculously end all of our woes. It's the king. It's the king game. I think Eric attached too much to this case. <sighs> Yeah, I, I you know you, you you make an excellent point, and I and that kind of that that kind of goes to what the other issue I was going to bring up about false allegations. What did I say? False allegations are hard to defend, and even the hint of a problem can can be hard to overcome. I mean, I think. In some ways, family court's getting a little bit better about that. 
I can, for instance, in my situation, all the, you know, he's a scumbag, you know, he beats the kids and he's a horrible person was, uh, was basically thrown out at the first hearing. I actually got more time than, you know, the first day. I mean, you know, I think maybe in a different court, maybe in a different area, maybe they would have said, okay, you know what? We'll do supervised visitation. We'll we'll let we'll make Mr. Mr. Dwayne here jump through all kinds of hoops, and uh, and see what happens. Now, to be honest, that is kind of what in my situation what the judge did say. You know, they gave me more time, and they're like, "Well, Mr. Knucklehead here wants fifty-fifty, but we don't. You know, but but Mom is saying that that's way too much time, and she's scared to death." What's going to happen to the little children? And, uh, but what the judge said is like, well, let's see what he can do. We're going to give him, give him a little bit more time. Let him have, what did I go from? I, I went from like every other weekend to, uh, like 30%. So basically it was like, okay, I think I got the kids. I think I got them Thursday night, I either got them Thursday or Friday night. Had them over the weekend, and the thing was, is I would take, you know, I think no, it's like I got them Thursday, so I would take, I could take them to school on Friday, take them to school on Monday, and then they were with mom the rest of the time while we were doing all the evaluations and all that stuff. And and the judge actually said, well, we got a dad here who wants to be involved. Let's give him a little bit more time and see what he, uh, you know, what he can do. I just I hadn't thought about this in a long time. I remember, you know, the the judge actually, when we were sitting there and we were back in court, the judge basically said something along the lines of, because I had asked for, I'm like, well, what about the dinner visits? You know, what about something else? And, you know, the judge is like, well, if you don't want to agree to this, I'll just keep it the way it is and we'll set it for trial and we can have a discussion then. You know, basically saying, okay, you know, butthead, meaning me, you know, you want, if you don't want to agree to what I'm willing to temporarily offer you right now, I just won't give you anything. You know, it'll stay, you know, 80, 20. And when we come back later, then we can try to argue the point. You know, my attorney's like, shut up. I think I, I can't remember if I got the dinner visits or not. Anyways. Yeah, David says, once it reaches court, the system system in place is set to destroy. Yeah, I agree, you know. And, and the sad reality is, is I think if we finally get uh, uh, presumptive 50-50, if, like if, all the, if all the courts in the land said, barring some real hard evidence, it's going to start at 50-50 as long as both people want time. You know, as long as one person wants 50-50, at least they're going to get it. I mean, that would have saved. Well, see, I think we're naive on that because I think, you know, you can look at it and go, oh, well, if that, like I could look at my situation and say, well, if that would have started, then, then it would have been started out with what it ended up being and it would have been cheaper and easier and it would have put the burden on the other party to prove that I was a total piece of garbage and that 50% was too much time. I think what would happen that that would probably benefit the people where divorces happen quickly 
and there's not enough time to prepare. But the sad reality is, is most of the time somebody is preparing. But what that would mean is instead of these false allegations that we have now, they would push it before, orchestrate an incident. In other words, push someone's buttons, you know, go boop right in their eye to get them to freak and do something that would give them the justification to then have, have uh, you know, a, an argument to say, well, you know, this happened and we have to be careful. Up Your Food Game says John Mass was not on trial. The grandpa was. The DA and day two properly shed light on the mom. I hadn't I have no idea how she was not implicated. My experience, court is not the place to find justice, unfortunately. I mean, I guess again, going back with I can't remember who said it, but um, you know, he was found guilty of a crime. And there will be a consequence for that crime. But the sad reality is John Mast is dead and will never get to see his kids on this planet again. So David had said, a true 50-50 in a perfect world, I guess, sadly. Yeah. So what was the other thing I had said? You know, okay, now what? Or what now going forward? I think I think the key, well, it's two-phase, right? Long-time viewers of my channel know that, that the, you know, my primary mission with DSD is to help you survive this do the best you can for yourself and your kids and ultimately ultimately get your life back and get beyond this. I know like Eric's mission is to try to, from dad talk today, he's trying to affect change. And like up your food game was saying is he had put a lot on this trial or on this case to try to use it to bring awareness put a face to, to the stuff that a lot of people are going through. And it did not work in this situation. Anyway, so that kind of goes back to what I was saying a moment ago about the, you know, defending against these, these allegations. There's always going to be people who believe it. You know, I think a lot of us, when we were watching the the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case, felt that, uh, you know, that, that shined a light on the lies and the deceit. I mean, it was on display for days, weeks, and, you know, people got to see how flamboyant a person can be in trying to convince people that their version of reality is real. 
up your food game says, Hey, let's find a reason to be positive. The case was a downer and, and very, I don't like this word, but triggering. Yes. I don't like that word either. However, I do think you are correct in that enough sadness and crap talk dust off kick uh, keys, 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 get back to work, dust off keys. <laughs> Dude, some of the sayings you come up with, not come up with. I know, I know they're not, I know for you, we, we were, I was actually talking with him the other day. And I can't remember what he said. He said something. And I'm like, what the, what the hell did you just say? I mean, I can't even figure out what, I mean, I know it means something, but in America, I don't, I don't have a clue what you just said. It, just so you know, uh, up your food games in the UK. So um, anyways. Yeah, so what are you guys' thoughts on this? I mean, and, 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 and as, as I ask that, because I know it's going to take a while to get, get through this or get for you to hear that part to be able to respond. You know, he's right. We can't let any of this stuff kick, kick us in the head, so to speak, and detract from, from our fundamental mission of getting our lives back. I think that's, that's the first key. That's the first key. You know, what can you do to get your life back? I mean, I know what I'm doing. This will be a shameless, shameless plug again, I guess. I'll, I'll do it on this screen. Now let, me, let me close this. Let me close this comment here real quick. So what I am doing, Disty, Dusty Road. Destinations. What I'm doing is I am going out into the mountains, into the national forest of Southern California and other areas, and I'm camping, and I'm and I'm basically getting in nature. <clears throat> if you guys haven't seen my my latest little camping video, check it out. I actually tried to record a DSD video out there, then the, the sky opened up and dumped on me. I still have to pull and see if I can. If I can pull together a video that was uh, uh, usable with, with what happened before I had to run for cover. Oh, up your food game says, uh, uh, Dwayne, we invented English. Yeah, your weird version of it. Just so you were speaking at first. But here in America. Oh, God trying to be positive guys heather hey says alive hi glad we caught you did anybody who's not hanging out get the text notification the sms notification i do not think it was it's working it's kind of annoying david says learning to take our lives back is the hard part but it can be rewarding oh man yeah yeah it can it is can i mean it's it it's one of those, you know, here's the crazy part is, is that this whole experience, our experience, maybe not in John's case, but in our, our experience, for me, I, what I can say is it's fundamentally changed my perspective on what's important, on what, on what I worry about, what I put my energy toward, you know, 10 years, well, before that. You know, 15 years ago or before my situation started, I mean, it's, I think it's been 12 years now. 
I used to worry about a lot of things. I get, I would get goat roped into stress at work and all that kind of stuff. And I don't, I'm very, very specific about what I will put my energies and intentions toward. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some things that I have to deal with. There's some things that you're going to have to deal with, but it's not, it's, it's not the same as it was before all of this, if that makes any sense. Let's see, making this crap we deal with as the opposite of a priority is key when possible. That is well said, the wise chat manager. Thank you for much. So much. I mean, that's an excellent point. And he did not get the text notification. So obviously I have a problem with that. So. Oh. Anyways, man, I, I just, you know, I wasn't even sure what I was going to say or do with this. I mean, I, I initially, it was kind of weird because what I can say is, you know, when this, when the trial was going on, I was like, okay, you know, he's going to get convicted. You know, maybe it won't be the premeditated, but obviously it'll be at least second, you know. And, and I was like, okay, well, this could be a case study for things. And, you know, when this, when this, when the verdict came through, it was just like, what, you know? So I wasn't, like I said, I've been debating, you know, honestly, Friday, I had a, Friday, I had a event that I went to with, uh, you know, kind of like pertaining to that channel. I don't know if I can point, you know, yeah, they're pointing to that where, um, it was a meetup with the, uh, overland place in the Antelope Valley that they did a, he did a run to a taco place anyway. So I was just like, you know what? I can't think about this anymore. Right. I can't, I gotta, I gotta give myself a break. And I went and did that. I hung out with some, some good people, met some, met some new people, got to look at some interesting rigs and talk to people about what they're doing, which was cool. I got to have some street tacos, which that's always good. And it was awesome. Happy food game says, uh, what I used to love past tense, apparently <laughs> about DSD is when people reported successes in their case and family lives has anyone had success recently? Oh, wow. Sunny Day says, I've been to Idaho and continued on to say scary state. Wow, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of what Eric is saying now. So, David says, sometimes success is just learning how to live with it. And just finding a way to enjoy life. Oh my God, man. Isn't that, isn't that key? That is, that is spot on. Spot on. K-Man says, I learned so much from you and I would like to, to appreciate you. Everything you talk about connecting the dots is overwhelming. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks K-Man. I appreciate that. I really do. 
uh, I, and I guess I could take this as an opportunity to say, I know I had said in the past that, you know, September, I was, oh, we're not in September yet. <laughs> God. Oh, man, I'm losing track of time. Uh, then in September, I was planning on jumping more into into this and into the channel and stuff. And I do intend to do that. Uh, I just had some, I had, I do have some pending issues that I didn't think I was going to have to deal with because these people just don't seem to give up. Uh, so I'm still kind of trying to figure out how or what's going to happen next and what my next course of action is. Taking your life back. I mean, that's been, I mean, if I, even if I just go to my, my channel, my, you know, my, my real channel, whoops, might help if I get my mouse on the right side. That's what all this stuff is. You know, that playlist, my old playlist that has all my old videos in it, the mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery. This whole playlist is to help to try to give you a primer on how to deal with the situation that you're in, give you some actionable, even though some people in the comments think that I don't give actionable information, but to try to provide actionable things that you can do to try to minimize and mitigate the damage of a toxic ex who is trying to poison the well and corrupt the kids and uh, with the right course of action, you can minimize that and take your life back. Heather says, let me grab this. Uh, I've, I'm thinking, as we said, I've talked a little in the Discord. We have had the oldest start questioning some of the narcs. Let's call them bad habits. That's kind of a win when the kids start thinking for themselves. Yeah, it is, right? I mean, now the, the thing is you gotta you guys gotta keep in mind. And this has been my my personal experience. So I'll I'll throw this out here just so that you have some reasonable um or realistic expectations. Just because the kids start to articulate that they get that the other parent has some serious issues still understand that that is the other parent. They want love and that illusion of love and of a good parent to be real. And it's hard. I mean, I've had conversations where they've expressed, it's like, well, I completely know what's going on, but hey, I'm going, you know, I'm going off to go do something with so-and-so. You know, I mean, and I look at it, I mean, it's hard, right? Because you think, okay, well, you see it. So you should, there should be some accountability. And, you know, sometimes that happens, but don't expect it. You know, the expectation hopefully is that you can maintain a good, solid relationship with your child's child or children, sorry. So that you mitigate the damage that's happening and you maintain a relationship with them. And I've effectively done, I think I've done that. 
But, I mean, full disclosure, nobody lives here anymore. Uh, all the kids basically moved in with mommy, mommy, mommy. My son ended up going to university, so he's, he's in Vegas right now at UNLV. Yay. And uh, so, I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, you know, but I mean, I don't have a bad relationship with my kids. We're like, I hate you, daddy. I never want to see you again. No, nah, hasn't, that hasn't happened. I mean, maybe it might at some point. I don't know. But uh, uh, I'm planning uh, another camping trip with my uh, youngest. Uh, they're going with me on an uh, adventure that I'm doing over Labor Day with, uh, with the guy from this video, with Johnny, uh, with, uh, Johnny Taco and another guy that we uh, did the um, recovery with. So... You know, I mean, so, I mean, if the, if my relationship with the young, with my, any of my kids was destroyed, they would not be wanting to do any of that. So let's see here. What did you retract? Uh, let me scroll back up. Oh, that's, and Heather going back with what Heather was talking about. I do have a DST discord. So if you want to, uh, let me, if you go to the main channel and you go, uh, I was going to say up at the top, but apparently YouTube doesn't allow that anymore. Okay. So things have changed. So if you go to the main, the DSD YouTube channel, that is really weird. Okay. Uh, so probably if you go to about, is it still on the about? Yeah, if you go to the About section, you can see the Discord link. Uh, if you go to the YouTube, uh, YouTube the website, dadsfivingdivorce.com, and you scroll down, you'll see the Discord join button there. Um, if you don't have Discord, it'll, it'll prompt you to create an account. Uh, do not, once, you're at, once you get into it, do not keep hitting the join button because all it will do is it will make multiple instances of um, an account. So it's kind of a, you know, you can be anonymous on there. You can do voice chat. It's a good way to communicate and to kind of protect your identity and stuff. So, so thanks for mentioning that, Heather. Or someone else, I think, mentioned the Discord too. So, Oh, Sunny Day says, my ex grew, grew up there, which would be Idaho. His family, very strange, and the people there are very different, not quote-unquote normal. That was my experience, therefore scary to me. That absolutely makes sense. And, and to be honest, with what happened in that trial, <clears throat> then that absolutely makes sense. Up Your Food Game says, DST helped me get through my 10-year, 46-hearing, five-final hearing nightmare. No homo, bro, but I love you, mate. I'm glad to have been able to help, man. And I know that that, you know, there was, that was not a good, good time. And uh, I'm glad you're on the other side of it. I know that there's, I think the other thing you guys got to be prepared for is once you get to the other side of this, it, it typically doesn't, it typically isn't, doesn't play out like, woohoo, I made it to the other side. Everything's great. It's like all that pent up frustration, PTSD, everything kind of bubbles up and you typically have a reaction to it. 
you know. So it's it's uh, these are not easy situations. And the reason I just say that is that if you get to the, my point is this: if you get to the end, and you're like, "Woohoo, I won!" You feel great for a day or two, and then everything comes crushing down like a, like a pile of bricks on you. That is unfortunately normal. It happens time and time again. I've talked to hundreds, probably thousands of people now who've experienced that. I personally experienced that. And I'll tell you from personal experience, when that happened, it freaked me out and felt like my whole world was crushing down and I would never get through this, get, get past this is what I'm trying to say. Oh, no. The wise chat manager says, I'm back in court myself, haven't agreed to a demand, so now I'm the worst, the worst man in the world. Where is the trophy for such a triumph? Isn't it amazing how you, the only is if you do not agree with what they're they want to do, you're you're you know you're the bad person. You know you're difficult. You're all these things, and it's all out of context. Up your food game says, "Hey Dwayne, I had a long chat with my 14 year old last night. She was tearful, tearful, describing to me how her grandma has been tearing her, treating her, tearing her, tearing her." She called her, are you effing kidding me? She called her a narc in her own. Oh, never mind. I was thinking the grandmother called your daughter, her grandchild, a narc. But uh, yeah, see, guys, here's the other thing I just want to say. You know, if we can, you know, maybe we can't expect our kids to really accept that the other parent is about you know is a narc is a narcissist but if we can plant that seed that that behavior is not acceptable that there's healthy boundaries and they don't do like a lot of us ended up doing and go into adulthood to recreate what you had as a child so that you can fix it and they can understand you know toxic people identify their traits realize and understand it's not their issue. They don't have to, to, to dive in the middle of it. <clears throat> that, to me, is a victory. And unfortunately, until they get into that part or that phase of their life, it's going to be tough to um, know whether we were successful in it. You know, now all my kids, I have a 24-year-old, a 22-year-old, and now an 18-year-old. And we'll have to wait. I will have to wait and see what decisions they make, what they get into to see if I was effective in that. And hopefully, hopefully I am. David says, even when things are going all right, this channel helps for a lift me up because we are not alone and we're in this together. Absolutely, David. That is an excellent point. I will say that I know for me, you know, me back in the day when it seemed like I was living in the twilight zone, it was rough, 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 rough. So knowing that, you know, you're not living in a fantasy land, that this crap does happen is very validating and it does help you start to get your life back. So up your food game says, is everyone else subscribed to Dwayne's other channel? <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for the shout out. And, and, and if you don't know what he's talking about, over on YouTube, it's called Dusty Road Destination, DRD, kind of playing on the DSD theme. 
Uh, I don't know if it's smart or worked or whatever, but uh, that's my, my camping channel. I do put a lot of stuff, or kind of, on my Instagram, which is DSD Dwayne, which you could probably think, well, that doesn't make any sense, but I don't know. So I'm mainly on my Instagram. I just post adventure stuff. So if you are looking for a break, then definitely check that out. Thanks for mentioning that uh, up your food game. That is much appreciated. Let me see if I can get my mouse back here. Yeah, Heather says, uh, that's so true, David. It's so nice to have other people have a little understanding. Yeah, and I think that that's the frustrating part about, you know, we're, the frustrating part about that case is that in our community, we understand this. We've lived it. We know the red flags. We know, you know, we can spot it now. And it's still frustrating when something happens and we see that um, we see that it doesn't, uh, you know, that the, that the normies, so to speak, don't get it. They just don't get it. David says, Narcan laws is what I had that created the horrible spouse we divorced. Yeah, and I would imagine that, you know, once it happens, then they turn into the ex turns into a nightmare. It, you know, it's weird. I, I thought, and I'm sure some of you guys can agree with this, whenever, whenever my marriage was blowing apart, I figured, okay. And I filed. I'm the one who filed, right? I mean, so, you know, I didn't, now I didn't plan it. It wasn't like one of those things where I was like, okay, you know, in a year, I'm going to line everything up and I'm going to strike that's not what happened. Uh, basically what happened is, is I realized I was living a lie for two decades and uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. It was killing me. And I'm like, I'm done. And I, but I figured, I, in my stupid mind, I thought, okay, well, this person is not a horrible person. So we'll be able to co-parent. And, you know, obviously she doesn't want to be with me. You know, she wants to be with someone else. Not that she was, you know, not that she was cheating on me or anything like that, but just the the interactions we had now at the time, I didn't understand all the dynamics. I do, I do now. But uh, I figured, okay, fine. You know, we can. I mean, of course, we're going to be. You know, we're mature adults. We're in our forties. You know, it's not. Why would it be stupid? Holy crap! I was not anticipating what happened. I I blew my mind. I remember my dad telling me, well. You're at war now, so this is going to be your worst enemy you've ever had. And I'm like, no. Had my uh, ex-stepbrother-in-law tell me, hey, Dwayne, uh, just so you know, the entire time I've known my stepsister, since they were like teens, uh, she's been batshit crazy, and you know you need to batten down the hatches because this is going to be horrible. And they were correct. They were correct. Hakuna Matata did an elbow cough. <laughs> That's awesome. It says, remember to hit that like button. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, please do. Uh, hitting the like button and engaging with uh, the channel and stuff does help help uh, the machine, the, U, the YouTube AI, uh, think that people like this stuff and promote it. <laughs> Up your food game says DSC. Thanks 
Thanks, bro. You just read a retracted comment. Oh, crap. Sorry about that, man. But since you mentioned it, yeah, she works out on her own or worked out on her own that her grandmother has no empathy and is the center of the universe all on her own. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. I guess I have this other chat window that uh, I guess bakes in the comments. And when you when you retract it, I don't see it. I wonder if I can show you guys this. There's a there's a way for me to show my screen. I'm going to see if I can do this real quick. Uh, there's a way to do this. There's like a key code to do it too. I haven't done live callers in a while. Video, screen sharing. Hmm. Oh, demo mode. That's where it is. Demo mode. All right. Turn on demo mode. Let's see if this crashes everything. That Okay, so technically this is what I see, right? So I have my, my main... My main window shows everything. I have the Ecamm Live, which is a software I use, chat window up. So this is how I'm able to grab your guys' comments. I do try to keep a, uh, uh, a smaller window open, which is actually the live chat. But the way I, comment, or way I grab comments, like let's say I wanted to uh, grab uh, Sunny Day's comment, I would click here, and I could say, Narcs always get the other to file divorce. Hmm. Really? I kind of thought my situation was, was unique. But anyway, so that's how that works. And then, uh, so let me uh, figure out how to turn that off live demo mode. And then we'll go back to normal. So now you guys should just see the normal screen. But so sorry about that up your food game. I did not know that. I didn't mean to, to uh, read a retracted comment. So I apologize for that. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and to, to, to uh, sunny days, elaborate more on that if you don't mind. But what I was going to say is it's, it's, it's really tough whenever your kids make comments that they completely understand what's going on. And are but it does not change their behavior. But as I'm saying this, and in conversations I've had with people after my divorce or after my marriage fell apart, I've had multiple people tell me that I'd had conversations with them talking about things that were wrong. So there were moments of clarity that I personally had. But then... I convinced myself that that it wasn't it wasn't true or it wasn't real. It was out of context and forgot about it. You know, so I mean, if I did that, why in the world would I believe that my children wouldn't also do that? And I've seen that firsthand. I've seen my kids, you know, probably all of them make comments about something that happened and then a few, you know, a few days later week or so later, that topic comes up and they don't even remember having that conversation. Wise says, I filed first as well. Okay, well, maybe it wasn't such an anomaly. David says, we, uh, we are fast to want to divorce because they are narcissists and we want out as fast as possible. I would agree. Well, yes. And I would also say, I, for me... And I was just curious what you guys think. For, for in my situation, 
I felt that I needed to give myself an, a chance for life to be different because it was, to me, it was a nightmare. It was depressing. It was a constant struggle. I thought I had severe issues and it was like, well, you know, instead of the devil, you know, sticking with that, I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I can't. I'm going to basically take a leap of faith that this isn't going to be, that it can get better. And if not, in my mind, the outcome for me personally was going to be basically the same. So it's like, let's take a chance. And that was hard to do. That was really hard for me to do. If that makes sense. I don't know. You guys have to let me know. Sunny Day says, Narcs pushed you to file or break up to make you out to be the bad person. Easier to do the smear campaign. Oh. Yeah, good, good point. Because, you know, it's funny. <laughs> funny. Funny. Ha ha. Because that's exactly... Well, it, it's weird, right? Because I know whenever we finally got to the point where I said, okay, fine, we're done. We're done. I'm going to file. I can't do this anymore. You know, and I remember at one point, <laughs> the ex in my situation, the ex was like, you know, are we going to still, you know, when I said I was going to move out, you know, we're going to separate. And it was like, are we still going to do marriage counseling? And I'm like, what's the point? We've been doing it for a few months. You know, apparently you're not willing to work on it. I don't know if I said it that way. Apparently it's not working. So no. And uh, so then the narrative out of that is that she wanted to do marriage counseling and I refused, you know, that I abandoned. I mean, I had people at work tell me, oh, you know, the story is you abandoned your family and, and, you know, left them and left them with nothing and you know, they had to go to the church and, you know, the church bailed them out, you know, completely out of context. I mean, when I left, I made sure that all the services were, were on. I transferred everything into her name and under her social. Not, you know, I mean, I could have easily just canceled everything, moved, been a complete asshat, and I didn't. But the way the story was portrayed, that's exactly what I did. You know, I just left them floundering. You know, the fact that I, I, you know, as soon as I left was giving her money, you know, it was a pittance. That's what I heard from people. It was a pittance. However, what I will say is I still, even though I got effectively just poked in the eye, I still think I did the right thing. I still think that it paid off in the end just from karma you know the th you know the th in in my life especially in the last over decade anything bad that's happened has been for the most part the best case scenario of a bad situation so i and to me it's like okay by by being a good person by doing the right thing by trying to help people by trying to you know, live a decent life. I think that's why things have uh, played out the way they have, if that makes any sense. Sunny Day says, I've dealt with too many narcs, starting with mother, then several ex-husbands. <clears throat> that right there is the key. When it starts, when, you, when we grow up under these 
under these circumstances, there is a high probability we are going to replicate it in our uh, adult relationships and be given that opportunity one more time to try to, to heal from it and make better decisions. That makes my eye twitch just, just thinking and or saying that. Pepe says, my ex filed first. She was caught cheating after being confronted, proceeded to empty the bank account and turn off my credit cards. Yeah, that sounds about right. So she could beat me to the punch. Didn't care who filed first. Yep. Some, that's a lot of times what happens. I'm actually surprised that didn't happen in my situation. I did try to make sure that I limited the opportunity for that. But uh, yeah. Sunny Day says they set you up, smear campaign, devaluing you and on. On and on. Devaluing you. Ugh. Easy for me to say. Pepe says, didn't hear the smear campaign until a year later. I was wondering why people were looking at me funny. I'm not talking to, uh, I'm not talking to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's an interesting point, Pepe, because, you know, when you, when you finally hear that, and then you see somebody, and then, then you're hypersensitive, right? Like, even if, even if, Let's say they hypothetically didn't even know, but if they don't see you or they don't acknowledge you or something like that, you just assume, like I did, that it's because of this. You know, I just, and that's why in my older videos, I talk about the fact that you just can't wrap yourself up in, in fighting that, the flying monkeys and stuff like that, because it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a waste of time. You're beating your head against the wall and it keeps you in smack in the middle of it. You know, you're really better served by just saying, you know what, believe whatever the hell you want. You know, if you believe it and you think I'm a scumbag, go have a nice life. Stay over there. Leave me the F alone. But it's tough. I mean, I had somebody I interacted with the other day that I forgot was a, was a flying monkey for the X and, uh, had to do some work stuff with them and they just jabbed me right in the eye and I was like what and it and I had to go back and think about it and I'm like oh right yeah they went to church together okay Emmanuel Brashier Bashir if I'm saying that right says my two boys are totally brainwashed and the court system didn't give me any access for four years. Should I give it another try and get shared custody of the children? Lawyers are asking for more money. That, Emmanuel, is a great question. And what I would say on that is it depends, right? Access to your kids is the only way to really defend against, against this. So, what I would say is, and this will be controversial because I know some people are like, you know, you, you go until the ship burns, you know, sinks, sinks, you keep fighting. What I would say is if you have, if you have any indication that there's something there with your kids that still have a, a chance for a relationship and you have the resources to fight it, then I would consider it. I wouldn't say it's 100%. But I would consider it. The problem is, is that if 
that relationship is completely destroyed. And, it, and Emmanuel, kind of it would depend upon how old we're talking about, right? You know, so if you have some interaction with your kids, with your boys, and they do want to do something, you know, they, they express that they, they do want to spend time with you or see you, then that's the olive branch or that's the opportunity where you can start trying to undo some of the damage. However, if all indications are that they think you're the devil, then you really have to ask yourself, unless you have a ton of money that you can just throw away, is it worth it? And the sad reality is, is most of the time, whenever you go back to court, they take that as an opportunity to relook at all your finances and see if there is an opportunity opportunity to, to extract more money from you. So just be, be careful. Uh, I don't know if that helps you consider what your options are, but uh, that's my take on it. DS, or, uh, I tumblers that asked if I was available for a call. I'm probably going to shut this down here in a little bit because I haven't done it in a while. So I probably, oh, a private call. Yeah, ping me, uh, ping me on one of the platforms and we'll figure something out. Yeah, David says, mine cleared the bank as well. That is a normal tactic, normal tactic. The wise says, uh, mine emptied the bank account anytime there was dollars in it nearly down to the last cent every time for years. Can relate to that. Up Your Food Game says DSD 101. Is everything still, is everyone still using hybrid, no contact? In my experience, Dwayne's most valuable advice. Thank you, man. Uh, at Emmanuel Brashear, don't give up. Don't give up, mate. Never, ever. Uh, what I would, to, to kind of dovetail with that, I mean, I, I know I just mentioned about this, is... Uh, I would make sure even, okay, so Emmanuel, let's say you decide, you know what, it's too, now's not the time. You know, the kids are basically, the boys are like, we hate you, you're a scumbag. But leave the door open, right? So if the kids reach out to you, don't, don't get in the mindset of you little effers, you know, wrote me off. I'm writing you off. And it's easy to do. I mean, it's, I, I know some of you can see like, I could never do that. But I think that when your heart is so broken, some like, okay, this is what happened with me and my father. Because of the nightmare, because of the alienation <clears throat> that absolutely occurred, you know, and then his decisions where he did things that, you know, kind of fed into the narrative of what my mom was saying. He, his ultimate, ultimate, or his way forward to protect himself is he put a wall up. And even though I would try to open the door, he would effectively shut it in my face from rather painfully sometimes and uh, made it really tough, right? I, and I get it. I understand why he did it. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't hold anything against him. I completely understand because I know the struggles I've had with my own kids with some of the things that they've done where it felt like they were just like, boop, poking me right in the eye. So hopefully that makes sense. So and what I mean is, is, you know, keep the door open so that if they do at some point reach out to you and say, hey, dad, I'd love to go grab a burger, go grab that burger. Make sure that you, if on those, those first interactions, that you keep it really benign. You know, don't, don't use it as an opportunity to tell them how much of a piece of crap their mother is, 
you know, are, are in your situation. Um, don't do that. You know, use it as an opportunity to focus on your relationship with them and try to put, put a lid on your frustrations and anger and stuff. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've had struggles with this myself. Um, I mean, there's some things that, that even today, there are some things where I'm, I'm just like, really guys, you know, you're all adults now and I'm looking for some support on some crap that's happening. And it's like, not my problem, dad. I don't know what I could do. You know, that type of thing. So it's hard. It's, I mean, it's not, this isn't easy. This is not easy, but I would, I would encourage you to keep the door open so that you can, uh, you know, when ultimately most of the time at some point the kids are going to want to, will reach out. I mean, they might even reach out to be an ass, right? To poke you in the eye. And if that happens, take it, let them get it off their chest. And then my advice has been, and I've had multiple videos about this, is that you would basically say, okay, uh, I'm like in your situation, I'm your father. I love you. I want to move forward and I want to, you know, work on our relationship. What do you, kiddo, think is the right course of action that we can do or that I can do to help facilitate that, right? Or however you would say it. Because they're not going to expect it. If they're poking you in the eye, they're expecting you to get defensive. They're expecting you to brat, bash, bash the, uh, their mother in your situation or the other parent. And, uh, and then that just drives a wedge. And that's kind of the way it used to play out with me and my dad. <laughs> he had a pet little name for, uh, for his ex. And uh, I, I think I've now adopted that pet, same pet name. So the wise chat manager says, sometimes the sanity of leaving the battle is worth it, at least for a time. We all have only so much that we can take. Yeah. And I, 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 I firmly agree with that. Now, don't make that decision rashly. You know, look at the circumstances. I've talked to many people over the years who get to that point and I'll ask questions like, hey, what's going on? And it'll be like, oh, I'm, you know, I've just worked, you know, three 14 hour days and I haven't had any sleep and I'm coming down sick and I'm ready to do, you know, make a decision. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Do not make any decisions in that mindset because you are, you know, you've been pushed way too far and you need time to think. And I can say that from experience. I've been in that same scenario where I've had a breakdown, I guess, for lack of a better word, where I was ready to make decisions that, that in the moment could have made sense. But in reality, you know, a couple of days later with some rest and some reflection, I was able to, to approach things a different way. In a lot of ways, amazingly enough, time, although it doesn't feel like it, time a lot of times is on our side. I was just talking to a, per, a client the other day who a year ago was, you know, like, oh my God, this has to go to court and all these things were happening and it got all pushed back like it always seems to happen. And he is in a much better place mentally. The arguments that the ex is trying to use against him are stupid because it's like, well, they did this and this a year ago. 
And, you know, or this happened, you know, it's like, oh, they, they, ha they had a medical emergency and they checked themselves out of the hospital and, and, you know, they're not thinking straight a year ago and they're still alive and everything's fine. And, you know, I mean, every, it's like, come on. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Pepe says, LOL, so true. They say, how'd you pay for the retainer? Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. I think I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I uh, do appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Um, actually, I feel better. I don't know if you guys feel better. I know this started out really tough talking about the uh, the case. Uh, and I appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, if people who are catching this on the podcast, you know, um, I think there's ways to leave comments on Spotify. If you're watching it on YouTube and you want to add to the discussion, please do that in the comments. Uh, the last comment I will hit before we get out of here is Sunny Day says, my adult kids use me like a bank or just a doormat. They didn't care how much I gave up for them or how much I fought for them. Now, as adults, I have no contact because they were so disrespectful. And... And some, sometimes that is a absolutely appropriate course of action. The reality is, is, you know, we do not have to destroy our lives or be a punching bag for our kids when they're no longer, well, they'll always be our kids, but when they're, when they're adults. And if they're making, you know, really bad choices and uh, are, do not have, you know, are not respecting healthy boundaries, then you have to do decisions to make your life uh, better to enable you to maintain your peace, which is critical. Oh, I'll have to talk about this one. Pepe says DSD, a good topic to address would be, would be, would be not being able to seek mental health because it will be used against you. I've had multiple conversations with that. Actually, it's funny. That story I was just talking about, that was part of the problem. The person was having issues, sought help, went in, you know, did a treatment plan, you know, whatever. And now the ex is trying to use that to say, oh, you know, a year ago, they, they did this treatment plan. <laughs> you know, now a year ago, if he would have went to court, it probably would have not been a good thing. All right, guys, on that, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, I will hit the button and uh, roll through my member list. I want to say thanks to the members who helped keep this channel going. Your guys' continued support has been outstanding and much appreciated, so thank you very much on that. Uh, hopefully this discussion was good and helpful for you and hopefully you have a great rest of your day and on that I will catch you on the next one. <laughs>